you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast. Does team celebrations in the end zone. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a garage filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up? Boys. Hey, Dan. Right before uh, we started, Dan said, well, what do I say again to start the podcast? <laughs> well, we're in a bit of a different setting. We're in, once, we're in Dan's garage. Did I say garage. my name at the top of the show? Well, you should say it now then. I think so. I, I wasn't listening that closely. I'm yeah. Dan Hensis. I did you, I say that? I think you covered yourself. Dad, did I say that? Have you done this before? I, yeah. I, you know, I was just... I, I really was listening, but I wasn't really listening. Yeah. We're plugged in. We're, we're plugged in. All right. Well, here. I am Dan Hansis, and this is the Around the NFL podcast. <laughs> and we are in the garage after Monday Night Football. The Packers obviously um, embarrassed the Vikings, quite frankly, in their house to take the NFC North. And uh, we are going to get to that. Usually, of course, we do our show on Tuesday, but on the holiday week uh, with Christmas coming up, uh, we're doing it here off-site in the garage, home of the Throwback Podcast. And uh, boys, uh, first of all, have you enjoyed the experience? You know, watching the game from the garage. Let's start. Let's start there. I think it's been amazing because you know there is a celebratory Christmas kind of vibe to it. Uh, your sons, Jack and Harrison, strolled in here. Your lovely all fired up. wife, Emily. Your parents is here. Dad, you know, Dan's dad is here. That's a special event. And getting to sit and watch three hours of football and hearing what I would consider decades worth of precise hammer dropping prose and commentary from Dan's dad is a special experience. I've been here for a baseball playoff game as well. And it reminds me of, you know, a few years back, it got to be trendy for all these bars, you know, in urban areas to have garage fronts that actually Ooh. pull down, you know, and about five minutes into the game, Dan puts the garage door down. It feels like you're in an actual bar and you're just having a good time. It was a good setting. No, Dan did an amazing job setting up this garage. It's trained 
changed quite a bit in the last uh, few years. It's a beautiful place to watch it's the game. Process. And and who uh, who better to sit next to than Keith Hansis? Like I was all night. A lot of hot takes on Aaron Rodgers. We'll maybe have that a little uh, later. He tried to stump Wes in some trivia, and Wes did a pretty good job uh, answering the bell. <laughs> what was the wait? What was the uh, trivia question again, Dad? The trivia question, first of all, was what was the longest punt in NFL history? We whiffed on that one. Well, I attempted uh, Randall Cunningham, but the answer was not that. And what was the other one? The Well, the answer to that was Steve O'Neill uh, of the Jets, <laughs> 98 yards. <laughs> and then the other, the other one was, and this was the real hammer dropper. The other one was back, who was the, who had the leading, uh, uh, as a quarterback, who had the most rushing yards for the season? Way back in the early seventies, yeah. Who had the record before Michael Vick? Before Michael Vick, and I said Bobby Douglas, but then Keith, was a bit of a stickler, said what year and how many yards. I said seventy-one or seventy-two. He he nailed me down on that one, so I had to go with seventy-one. Oof. It was seventy-two, nineteen seventy-two, <laughs> and I guess nine hundred sixty-one yards, but it was nine hundred sixty-eight rushing yards. So you got the answer incorrect. Yeah, I was wrong. Over two. Yeah, yeah, I was I close, was but not you know. Uh, so we're gonna uh, yeah, and we got together here and had some Mexican food and uh, enjoyed ourselves and and watched the Monday Night Football game. We're gonna get to that in just a, a little bit. We're also gonna do um, some news. Get caught up on. Some happenings after week 16, and including uh, the apparent return of one of the most, uh, perhaps, I don't know, Mount, we can Mount Rushmore this thing, most famous NFL players of the 21st century. Uh, stick a pin in that. Because I think this gentleman for the, uh, with the Seattle Seahawks might qualify. Anyway. That's a discussion to have in a little bit. But let's start, yes, with Monday Night Football. The Green Bay Packers are celebrating. Jones, look at that balance. Aaron Jones, see ya. Only so much you could ask of this defense. And Aaron Jones just asked far too much of them. 56-yard touchdown. Aaron Jones, 56 yards to the house. And that was the dagger for the Packers, who absolutely overwhelm uh, defensively the Vikings in a 23 to 10 win uh, that gives the Packers uh, their 12th win and the NFC North title, and for the time being, uh, puts them. Greg, I think I'm right on the computation here. They have a bye as of right now. They're in the top two, right behind the Niners. Right. All they have to do is beat the Blauhards. In Detroit, David Blau and the Lions next week to clinch a bye, and they could even move up to the one seed I if, like their if chance. the 49ers lose. I would say don't just assume that's happening, <laughs> but the chances feel good. So let's talk about this game a little bit, because the Packers certainly did not blow the doors um, off the Vikings, Aaron Rodgers uh, and company. They, you know, they struggled for large portions of this game on offense against a good Vikings team and a, and a very difficult place to play. But I think the story of this game really will be what a massive egg the Vikings laid. Uh, and Wes, we'll start with you. I know you and I have had our disagreements with Kirk Cousins mm -hmm. and the Vikings where blame should be assessed when the Vikings go wrong. <laughs> and this does not make me the winner of that argument. No, because... you were right. Everything that you said, it was all right. Dan has declared the winner. <laughs> no, that is, that is not true because a lot of people didn't show up in this game, but certainly not Kirk Cousins either. Seven first downs. 
uh, for Minnesota in four quarters, the fewest in a home game by this organization since 1971. Keith Hansis was a junior at Clarkstown High School at that time. Oh, senior. Senior at Clarkstown High. The man's a grandfather. Wes, speak to it. Come on, Kirk Cousins. Put the team on your back when they need you. Well, like I said on Thursday, you and I see more eye-to-eye on this than it, than it seems like. I don't care what his record is on Monday Night Football. That is immaterial. It like somehow oh, Monday, Monday Night games are better than than Sunday games. I, that might have been true in 1983. I don't think that's been true lately. Uh, thirdly, we've seen this before. He didn't come up when the Redskins needed a late season victory. He didn't come up big when the Vikings of 2018 needed a late season victory, and he didn't come up big tonight. And like you said. The blame can be assessed to a running game that didn't exist, an offensive line that got worked over by the Packers' front seven, a defense that got some turnovers but also allowed 150 yards to Aaron Jones, a coach who punted down 13 with three and a half minutes or four minutes left in the game. Um, there's a lot of blame to go around, but I, you cannot escape that Kirk mm. Cousins led an offense that had seven first downs, and like you said, since 1971 was the last time that happened in a Vikings home game. Well, this he, is one of the most disappointing performances any team has had all year. I mean, it's it's the worst offensive performance. It's, it, you can't write how embarrassing this is. The only team to have fewer first downs in a game this season, also on Monday Night Football, here's a little trivia. Come on and guess it. I'd say Chicago Bears. You got to be able to guess it, Jets fans in the room. It was oh, it was the Jets oh, versus idiots. the Patriots. That's the only well, game I have uh, removed that from Sorry. a, a <laughs> yeah. frontal lobotomy, like uh, the Kennedy kid. They had like a, they had like a third string accountant <laughs> playing quarterback. The Jets yeah, that the, night. So I'm not sure that the you know. difference. The difference is. This is for the NFC North title. And you come in the Packers defense and Mike Pettin and especially Zadarius Smith and everyone on that defense deserves all the credit in the world for totally dominating. But to score 10 points because you had a three and out inside the 10 yard line and because Kirk Cousins made one nice pass. It was a 26-yard drive where he had the the throw for the touchdown. That's how you got your 10 points. You had 13 drives. None of them went over 31 yards. You can't put any blame on the defense. The defense played great. They gave them the ball three extra times tonight, including giving them uh, two scoring chances, and they only allowed 23 points. That's that's an A-minus from your defense who's been around uh, for a long time and kept getting put in bad positions. This was the most embarrassing offensive performance any team's had all season. Let me go through it. Let me go through it here. This is the Vikings' possessions. Um, After recovering a fumble right off the bat by the Packers, four plays, five yards. Uh, six plays, 18 yards, three plays, negative two yards, three plays, 26 yards, three plays, five yards, four plays, six yards, three plays, five yards, three plays, seven yards, six plays, 31 yards, interception, five plays, 20 yards, three plays, negative four yards, seven plays, 12 yards, and finally, four plays, negative Five yards. I mean, Mark, this is outrageous. <laughs> and that's why I think we were even saying to each other at the midway point that the Green Bay's three turnovers early, that, you know, you see these in games. The Minnesota did nothing with that. They were unable to do anything with that, and you felt that Green Bay would find a way to come back. And my favorite moment of the, moment of the night was when 
Packers coach Matt LaFleur was described by Keith Hansis as a little kid with a beard. And yet somehow, uh, somehow the coach and Aaron Rodgers have gotten this far. And I have no questions. I have no problem with the Vikings being pushed down to where they belong at the sixth seed because they're an inferior team to Green Bay, but also to every single other team in the NFC race because mm. I don't trust them on the road. I don't trust them at home. They are flawed. Guys like Adam Thielen are not healthy. They, without Dalvin Cook, I think that's a huge... I think we talked about with or without Dalvin Cook, they'll be fine. I simply don't agree because you need his Who presence. Well, it's I just, didn't think it would make a big it, difference. It, and his I presence also believe has mattered for them. Game, it wouldn't have made that big of a Maybe difference. Maybe not tonight, but when they've when when we've looked at their offense and believed in their abilities, little things like tonight, attempting a trick play and having to go into the trick play bag because they simply couldn't get basic plays done. And you have Kirk Cousins rolling out and dropping an overthrown pass, and he th- he had a bit bad Wait, pick that himself. Was not a drop. Well, no, I mean, yeah, he, he, he stretched out for it, of course. <laughs> if but he, if, if, if Dig puts that on him, they have first and ten at the. All I'd say line. is that you can you, you can kind of tell sometimes in a game early that a team's going to get into a flow, and they just never found that way into this game at home. I think it's very concerning for them. I see them as a one-and-done team in the playoffs. It was hard to see this game coming, though. I mean, they were a top-eight offense in uh, efficiency, according to Football Outsiders, coming into this. They've been top-10 in, def- in offense and defense in points. Like, I thought they actually pass-protected pretty well coming into this night, and especially in the fourth quarter. I think Zedarius Smith, he's not going to win Defensive Player of the Year, but he would be You'd in be- my top five. I've been putting him in my top five all year, and this was one of the best games any defensive player's had all year. Three and a half sacks, five tackles for loss. Well, you've been saying that you like him for a Defensive Player of the Year candidate because he makes a play or a big play every week. He's sort of the NFC's version of T.J. Watt this year, and you saw it tonight. Five QB hits, five tackles for loss, 3.5 sacks. That's just a that's a mon- That's one of the best defensive games we've seen. It's weird because their defense, the Packers, started the season playing so well. That was what Aaron Rodgers said coming off the field in week one. We've got a defense. We've got a defense. And then they went away for two months. But here they are in December, and the Packers' offense isn't consistent, and they weren't tonight. But they still have Aaron Jones, and they still have Devontae Adams, and they still have Aaron Rodgers. Like They have enough offense when the defense is playing like this. They've allowed about 12.5 points per game over the last month. Um, this was the first really good offense they've shut down. The Vikings are among the best big play offenses in the NFL before this game. Do you see them as maybe like the AFC's version of the Chiefs, considering they have Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and then a defense that has been improving for the past month? I, I, you know, I think I'm with Mark, because Mark, you were getting agitated watching this game. You don't like either of these teams. You don't view either team. Don't back off your, no, co- no, your comments I, now. I, absolutely. As a, no. a, a serious Super Bowl threat. No. And I don't necessarily disagree with you because it does feel like the Packers, despite the 12-3 and record, they, they feel like a step below, which I don't think about the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are a team uh, that can absolutely make major noise all the way to Miami, potentially, if things break the right way. I think both things can be true, though. I think they are a step below the Saints uh, and the 49ers, and that if they get the one seed and they're you know they're going to get the two seed, can Mike Patton and them win a home game? But that's a very Greg teams? answer because but it's true, I, but it is I can true. see them in it's the Super Bowl. That, it's true that this a lot of things can huge. happen on our planet, but I like in terms of when we're really who where does our belief fall? I, the Green Bay tonight was a couple bad plays from losing this game also because their offense was nah. defunct for for two plus quarters. 
They, they still think- moved the ball. Three, I just think they dominated the game. I mean, they had 383 yards. There was a couple nice defensive plays where you knocked the ball out of Aaron Jones's Devontae Adams' hand. But ultimately, they did what they needed to do. They came in there and they embarrassed their I mean, they didn't dominate rival. the first half where they have three turnovers and are doing nothing on offense and putting up field goals. But I hear you that like the, there's no question that they are the better team of this situation. But I struggle with them as a second seed when I have the Saints and the Niners out there in that field. It could be number one. And, I mean, Seattle right. beating and, San Francisco next week is not to that, that crazy. And Wes, you know, we we did go at it a little bit on Cousins, but this kills him. I mean, this is... I totally agree. Whether, whether what you're, the point you're making that people get too hung up on where he stands when the team fails, uh, whatever the, the viewpoint is, this, whatever people thought and the majority of people who view him as a guy that comes up small... When it matters, and when the when the spotlight's on, to average less than four yards attempt an attempt, and if you also factor in going into this game, if you do believe Cousins is a guy that does come up small, when you saw that Dalvin Cook was out, and then you saw that Madison was out, it was very clear at that point that Cousins was going to need to do what Carson Wentz has done, quite frankly, in Philadelphia these last few weeks, which is put the team on his back, and. I guess, I mean, there's just so much evidence. And I know your argument's never been like, well, he can do it. He just hasn't done it yet. That The evidence is there that that's he's just never going to be that guy. And maybe that all changes uh, next month. Uh, but this just continues to hammer home that legacy that in prime time against good teams, uh, he will come up small because he is one of the people who did come up small for the Vikings tonight. Absolutely. Well, your argument has been that he's – a statistical monster who comes up small and I've got no problem with that my my defense of him has been about shoehorning that argument into the conversation he is not a quarterback like Jameis Winston where he leaves his fingerprints all over every game some games he's not needed to be the story and he still ends up being the story so that's where my I, I think my that, defense of him comes and in. I think that's where you guys are closer to agreement is he can't lift the team by himself. I, and, no, he can't. And I, I think, think that's... And I think the coaching staff is, you know, as part of it. Kevin Stefanski, it's like they, whatever their plan was, it clearly didn't work. Mike Pettin had it, had him dialed up and Kenny Clark and especially Zadarius Smith, you know, busted them they open. Like and Adam Minnesota's Thielen, number. And Adam like, Thielen isn't games. Adam Thielen. I mean, he had no, four targets tonight and he didn't have a catch. And so suddenly you're down Thielen... He's on the field, but it's not really Thielen, and you're down Cook, and, and it is a different thing. I'd say know. this also. Yeah. I don't feel like Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers on any level at this point. He does not seem like Wait, the same guy to me right now. He didn't throw a touchdown tonight. Well, they lost the Devontae Adams touch, touchdown that he threw behind him, and there was a similar play where he threw behind Aaron Jones on a big third down early. Those are supposed to be easy passes. And speaking of Aaron Jones, I, I don't even know how the Pro Bowls voted. I think fans do it on Twitter by hitting retweet or something. Uh, but come on now. Aaron Players, Jones. coaches, and fans all have a contribution. All right, cool. If but it's Aaron even Jones, that scientific. 23 carries, 154 yards, two touchdowns in a money game, and he's been doing it all year. He leads the league in, the, uh, leads the league in touchdowns, and I know Zeke statistically has had a nice season, but if you've been watching these games, you know that Aaron Jones has been kind of a bigger figure in the NFL than Zeke this year, and he deserves to to be... He gets the gift of going to Orlando if I make the decision, but I do not make the decision. I think some of these players are happy not to go. Orlando is a somewhat (laughs) okay city, but some are fine... Not not he might be, not he might be busy. I think he this, might be coming with us to Miami. <laughs> this, I mean, he's only got to win two games, maybe two home games. The garage is unanimous in the opinion that it should be Aaron Jones over Zeke. Yeah, so yes, that that is. Any other no. final thoughts on this game before we uh, do some news? 
All right, I'll take that. Dad, do you have any final thoughts? Oh, yeah, you you were a little critical, um, Mr. Hansis, Keith, can I call you, um, about Aaron Rodgers early. You had a, a particular theory oh, yeah, about that. how he interacts with his team. Yeah, well, my feeling with Aaron Rodgers is that, you know, when things are going good, you know, he's Mr. Good Guy. But when things are not going so good, he is certainly not the same guy that you see on the sidelines that's frowning at people and looking uh, looking the other way. He, he's also, a man that lays blame on others. That's right. And also the the, the way he handled the, the coach last year, uh, not listening to the play calls. Mike and, McCarthy. And M- Mike McCarthy and treating him terribly shows me that uh, I just don't think he's the kind of man that, uh, you know, that uh, everyone talks about. And so. some would say that you have like Zapruder level film evidence of that on the sideline over many games. So I think that's, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. fair. <laughs> Let me tell you, he's a great quarterback. I will say that. There's no question about that, but that's my attitude about him. That see, that's a hot take, and I like it. The, Keith answers with a take. You're, he, <laughs> Keith is right, but this feels like one of those th- seasons where things are going right. You know, I mean, they've had a lot of luck this season. They're 12 and three without, you know, looking like a great team. They're very likely going to be hosting a game in the divisional round. That's, but you said it, Craig. They don't have a they don't have a, a fleet of signature wins. No. I, you know, but they have swept. I, they're five and zero. This is one though. But they're this five and zero in the division. And what more can you ask from Matt Lafleur in year one? They don't like have that it, like body of resume. But it's not like voting to get you in. They're just going to be hosting no. a game in Lambeau, and the winner of that game is going to be playing in the and NFC it's going to be like one degree and like a yeah, eighty eight wind chill. So and and they have a defense that's hot. And a quarterback you know can get hot at a moment's notice and, and drop a game-winning throw like the one he made to Jared Cook. He can do that at a moment's they notice. They got enough weapons. Adams, Jones, they got enough weapons. Protection. What happens when the Bohemians, Bohemian culture, and the Blauhards come in and spoil this little party dim? That would be outrageous. <laughs> I would not put anything by Bohemian culture and the Blauhards. All right. That's going on that game. Now let's get into some news. I'm here so I won't get fined. All right, let's start with some uh, interview, head coach interview heat. Mike McCarthy, uh, who, yes, as Keith Hansis mentioned, got basically railroaded by Aaron Rodgers down the stretch of that run in Green Bay. Uh, He has sat out of football for a year, and now he is looking to get back in the game, and he interviewed with the Carolina Panthers uh, Mike Garofolo reported that. What's everybody laughing about? Just that he was railroaded <laughs> out of town. This is becoming this a very anti yeah, This got very spicy. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, to be fair, Keith. I mean, let's let's uh, freshen up those Mike McCarthy playbooks, shall we? I mean, that was one of the most boring, predictable uh, offense I've ever seen. One of the great quarterbacks of all time, and I had been calling for him to be out of town for three or four years. So I was on Aaron Rodgers' side there. All right, very predictable. Very predictable. Anyway, Mike Garofalo reported that the Panthers interviewed Mike McCarthy after Carolina's loss to the Colts on Sunday. Uh, McCarthy, of course, fired by the Packers near the end of uh, last season. Uh, He spent 2019 out of football. And, of course, you know, the best thing he could have done, and this has been all very calculated by McCarthy and the people that he works with, was kind of lay low, let, let let the resume kind of simmer on the back burner. And then when teams start firing head coaches uh, at the end of the year, 
put that re- resume out there, and all of a sudden, 125 and 77 in 13 seasons, and uh, 10 wins in the playoffs, and a Super Bowl title. All of a sudden, he looks like a better coach. Uh, option than maybe he did last year and the Panthers because uh, they you know uh, dumped Ron Rivera they have a bit of a head start on some of these other teams that will uh, hire, fire coaches uh, does this feel like a fit Wes I know you're not that high on McCarthy either well I'm just like I haven't seen a PR campaign this savvy since James Carville was running Clinton I mean wow. whatever McCarthy does if he sneezes we got reporters reporting on it breathlessly I don't like to me he's not He's a little stale, and I'm not really that interested in where he's interviewing. I, I, that's just my opinion. The one thing I'd say is that he probably represents two owners looking for interviews, a secure veteran coach, which there are only a few of out there right now. And, you know, when I think of Mike Pettin, I did a piece a while back called The Sojourn Year, where coaches that vanish for a season, and what do they do with that year? And Pettin talked about the fact that he felt that his own game planning and view of the game had become a bit narrow and that he took that year to examine the same way that we would every single team and offenses and defenses around the league and he grew and Pettin's come back and reshaped his career from it so can Mike McCarthy do that intellectually and as a coach I don't know but I understand why owners would be attracted to someone with his track record he he wanted back in right away there wasn't a ton of interest you know a year ago he'll get interviews I don't know if I you know, would would guess that he's going to get a job. I mean, I, I I don't think that's guaranteed, and I don't think the Panthers are necessarily a big fit, especially if you're keeping Cam Newton. But why wouldn't you interview him right now? You have you have time to kill your David Tepper. Like interview. You Isn't that why you, you got you, rid of Rivera right, early? You should interview you know? as many people as possible, right. and he makes sense to interview. But I I guess I'd be surprised if he got one of the better jobs available. I think he'll get a job. I know Ron Rivera is going to get a job. I think McCarthy will too. I feel I'd be very surprised if he didn't. Quite frankly, I, I mean, I could be wrong. I, I could be reading it wrong, but I think there's going to be an owner that's going to buy into, like I said, that back burner, warmed up resume, and it's going to be something that sways them. Uh, and they're like, "Oh, we want somebody that knows what they're doing." Your Cleveland Browns, Mark. Again, they are as we a brought team this I could up, see but we want a professional have- in here that knows what he's doing, that has experience, that the players will respect. Whether they actually do or not is a different conversation. Right. They had ties to him, and they're one of the teams that didn't even go out of the way to interview mm-hmm. him. I, I think that if you're a fan that sort of you know toiled with a struggling team for a really long time, and the 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 other side of the PR thing with Mike McCarthy leaving Green Bay was so evil and so like un unfriendly towards him that I'd be concerned as a fan just rolling Mike McCarthy in as head coach and wondering what will be different than what everyone was saying about about at the end of his Packers run He's, when you're when you're buying R- Riverboat you're buying his leadership and the way all his players go to bat for him and love him when you're buying Mark, Mike McCarthy you're buying his offense. And what's to say for his offense over the last mm. couple of years? Well, he does have that street named after Mike McCarthy Way. So, and do you know I got it? He's got a ring. He's got a ring. That carries weight. Is all I'm saying. With not s- saying he's a good coach. With the six-seeded uh, Packers team, no one saw it coming. It was a long time ago. That should be said as well. All right. In other news, yes, that Mount Rushmore. Let's get back to that. Is Marshawn Lynch on the Mount Rushmore of the most? Popular NFL players of the last twenty years. No. Oh, I think popularity. Well, yeah, you, I think you change so. it from famous to popular. He's he's in the mix, but I would still say no. Hmm. I mean, I to me, when I think of the last ten years, at least, he's someone who has more memories attached to him 
than almost like 95% of other players. Well, guess what, Mark? More memories are coming because the running back and the Seattle Seahawks agreed to a deal on Monday. Uh, Lynch's agent announced Lynch's contract is for this season only, which means week 17 against the Niners and the playoffs. Uh, the Seahawks also signed Robert Turbin, uh, another uh, old war horse for them. He spent the first three NFL seasons. M. Rob is coming back from the <laughs> NFL Network <laughs> Studios. Kristen Michaels in the building. Uh, Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander, the 2006 MVP is back. No. The original Kurt Warner. But uh, <laughs> the original Kurt Warner. Lynch and Turbin. Fill backfield spots that opened Sunday when Chris Carson and C.J. Proceis both went down with season-ending injuries. We talked about, uh, Mark, on Sunday night show that nobody had a worse Sunday uh, than the Seahawks. And let's not act like this is a prime Marshawn Lynch coming into town to save the day. But, you know what, there's a little bit of juice to it. There's a little bit of fun and, you know, a dollop of a sprinkle of Christmas happiness on an otherwise grim scenario for Seattle. I mean, I love, I, I totally it can easily fall in love with the concept and the narrative of the whole thing. There, there, you know, from another angle, when I was in Oakland last week covering the last Raiders game, he was also there doing apparently shots with fans. So I don't know what, where the football shape is. It also, Wes, you know, it, during, right in the middle of Super Bowl 50, Wes was ordered to write the Marshawn Lynch retirement story when he hung his cleats and took a photo. And now I think that Wes is going to have to go into our CMS system probably tonight. Right. Uh, and update that story and add some new new graphs, please, Wes. Let me put that another way. I wrote this man's retirement story before I had cancer. (laughs) That's how long ago it was. My concern, speaking of Wes, my concern, Marshawn Lynch, who maybe, hey, maybe he's been a gym rat the the last eight months or whatever since he retired, but that he is is a guy that is in danger of sustaining the worst hamstring injury since Chris Wessling rounding second for the shield of the 2017 season. Sniper. I mean, where the hamstring actually jumps off the bone and screams in agony. Snapped like a dry twig. Uh, we don't want that to happen. But the in seriousness, the idea that you're going to have Lynch contributing, you, you take him out of retirement and pluck him into basically a playoff scenario in Week 17, and then January. I wonder how much work he'll actually get in this offense. You figure he would split the reps with Travis Homer, who was there, oh. who was their fourth <laughs> string back, and then Turbin. You're probably not giving him 20, 20 carries, but it's amazing. I applaud Pete Carroll for the theatricality of it, for the <laughs> yes, showmanship absolutely. of it. Yes. Is this the time for that? I don't know. I think it is. It's it may fun, be, but... You just uh, have the what's, worst your, loss. what's your alternative? It, you had the worst no. loss <laughs> it, that you could possibly have. This is going to give juice to the locker room, and not that that's going to make them win or not, but it, it's like, what? why not? The worst running back that they could just sign off the street that's like the next guy up is not going to be better than the 15% chance that maybe Lynch just does something great. He did run pretty well with the Raiders. I thought he did. I, we gave him a little credit that he was running pretty well before Isn't he Isn't there hurt. another universe that we live in where he's suddenly, a week from now, having rumbled for 148 yeah, yards, two touchdowns? No. And, well, okay. well okay. I believe maybe, in that world. Maybe so. like maybe like a seven yard touchdown. He he goes three for sixteen with a seven yard touchdown, and he and he just becomes a factor. Well, and that'll it's do fun. It. And you know what? I'm, they're not my team. I'm not working for them. Like he's giving it to the rest of the football fans, just as a nice fun story. It's like something an ABA team would do to like to yes! like the attendance <laughs> But they're trying to win the Super Bowl here. But what? It, well, look, guess how I'm much? I'm not against it. I'm just I want everyone to temper expectations. What are the other well. options? What does Travis Homer weigh? I have 174 pounds. 202 pounds. Pete Carroll has a formula, mm-hmm. and he has talked about this. He talked about this 
uh, over the summer. When I when our team wasn't doing well, it was because we didn't have a power running game. We did not support our quarterback, and our formula for playing is defense, power running, and support the quarterback. Their offensive line isn't built to protect Russell Wilson. It's built to open lanes for power runners, and, and I don't know if Travis Homer is that guy, but... Like, you know, there's Greg, a number three overall pick that is several years younger available. <laughs> Power. Trent Richardson? Trent Richardson. Well, what still is trying to get out right now? Who, still trying question. to get off the elevator before now, yes, the door closes. Right, here, here's my point, though. He's 3.3 yards per carry career, but he led the AAF in touchdowns just last year. All right. Here are the last three running backs that have been signed off of waivers or practice squad. Samaje Pirine, Kenneth Dixon, and... Uh, it doesn't even matter. Rod Smith. Mm. So can is there like a, a 15% chance that Marshawn Lynch is way better than those guys? Yes. I think there yes, is. Absolutely. So it's like, why not? I agree. I'm just saying, everybody, don't yeah. expect a, a beast quake. I'm expecting it. <laughs> it's more like there'll be a cart coming for the man. That's all. We you don't cannot want shake Mark's expectations. I'm excited about this. This is one of the one of the better things that's Plus happened in a terrible he's got, week and of he's football. He's going to be on people. Sunday Night Football against the 49ers. That's cool. That's I, delicious. I would, I would need to go through it, but this feels like the best season finale for Al and Chris since they started this game. I can't remember a better a better one mm. than Seahawks 49ers. Uh, moving on, the Ravens clinched everything on Sunday. They are the number one seed in the AFC. And as expected, um, Lamar Jackson and several other starters will not be playing against the Steelers <clears throat> in Week 17. Jackson, of course, Mark Ingram, who, by the way, has a strained calf, which, by the way, is actually, you know, technically a, a torn calf muscle. And he left the stadium in a boot yesterday. And with this week off and then the bye, he gets extended time to rest and recover uh, and rehab. But we'll see whether he's Mark Ingram come uh, playoff time for the Ravens. But this obviously makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, you have Bill O'Brien of the Houston Texans, who despite the fact that the Texans can't move really much at all, they are at the four seed uh, in the AFC. They could get up to the three seed. Uh, he, he is going to play his guys anyway. Uh, that, feels, that feels Belichickian uh, from the disciple, Greg. Hmm. He did it last year. Well, who did it last year? Bill O'Brien played his guys last year when he didn't have to, and I still don't believe him this year. I, I believe that he's going to enter the first quarter with the starting lineup out there, and depending on what happens in the early games, he's going to adjust. But Deshaun Watson was limping last game. Grabbing at that ankle repeatedly. Will Fuller has a, well, he's a out. groin pull. He, right, so, Ian says that Will Fuller is likely out three weeks. So, so my, point, basically the my point is... Your receiving core is already shallow. You're going to risk an injury to either Stills or Hopkins? No, I don't I don't believe that's going to happen for four quarters. Yeah, the the quotes weren't as aggressive when you look. They weren't as definitive as I think right. people made them out to be. Aaron Wilson, who covers them every day, pointed out them playing to win still might mean them sitting some selective starters. The Chiefs game you know, is the early in the early window, so they will know whether they can move up to the three seed. It's debatable whether they would even care that much about moving up to the three seed or not. But yeah, the Chiefs would have to lose to the Chargers, which is unlikely. Anyways, I just don't think I have a big problem with doing it either way. Everyone thinks it's crazy to play your starters or to try to play to win or play most of them. And to me, there's only 16 of them, and he doesn't think his team is 
playing that well right now. And there's, you know, one way to get better at playing football as a team is to play football as a team. Like, it just doesn't feel crazy to me if he went that route. I'm with you 100%. And I think that we, you know, when we're looking at these teams week to week from a distance, and yeah, you, we, we're, we're weighing the risk of losing you know, a key player. But when you're a coach running a locker room and you have a team that is somewhat underperformed in the Texans where they've been up and down, I think there's some value to saying, I'm not giving you a week off. I want to go see, at least for part of this game, go out there, practice and perform, and show me that you're a playoff team. Until I mean, DeAndre Hopkins I, hurts his shoulder. Of course. And then, of course but, but you played then, 15 games before that. It's right. just like uh, you can't He's getting it both life. ways. He's got the media reporting back to his team, we're going for it this week. So he's got his team riled up, right. and they're the all going for it. Ready. And then in the first quarter, he's going to pull them. Can I sure. make one last point on this? Is that I actually think it is a pretty big deal uh, getting that three seed. Because if you get the three, you might get the Oakland Raiders in your building in the first round of the <laughs> playoffs. Now. Or or Duck Hodges and the Steelers, who might be on fumes at this point. Duck Hodges on the road. You might get the Titans game. again, which would which, – or no – you could beat the Titans in theory and then get them again. That's a possibility. Which could would get be the weird. Titans again. Uh, whereas, you know, the the four seed uh, is going to get the Bills, right? And yes. the Bills are going to be a tough out. I don't know, you know, if they're a Super Bowl team, but th- I think that's a team that's destined to play a that's close a fast game difference. on wild card weekend. That's hmm. a huge difference. All right. Uh, let's see. Anything else? I also think uh, the Ravens' backups can absolutely beat the Steelers. You can only sit so many people, and it. I don't know if RG three is a is a better quarterback I, than Duck Hodges. I think he is. You think the backup offensive line can block TJ Watt well, and Bud Dupree? That's the thing. They only guys? have a eight or nine offensive linemen. So Yonda's sitting. It, it, Harbaugh pointed out like you can't. There's only so many people you can sit, and you're still going to be like. I don't think up Ronnie scheme. Stanley's going to be out there for four four quarters. That's fair. Finally, in the news, Philip Rivers, uh, who is uh, 38 years old now, he just turned 38. He's in the final year of his contract. It's been a tough go with the Chargers and uh, a lot of speculation that uh, the Chargers will move on uh, from their quarterback after this season. And I thought it was pretty interesting after a 24-17 loss, uh, reporters you know, asked Rivers about his future and he was quite uh, open about it and quite frankly uh, blunt in his assessment of himself and his future. Let's listen to that. But am I capable of it physically and mentally? Uh, there's no question. Do you want to? Yes, I do. I want to play football. Yep. I, I say, yes, I want to play football, and I do. And that's what I feel deep down as I stand right here. Wes, so Rivers, he want, he's coming back in 2020 because somebody, if not the Chargers, is going to sign him. Uh, do you think it's a, a fresh start on the way? And if you do think it's a fresh start, where's a good landing spot for uh, Mr. Rivers? It's interesting. You said the assumption, you know, a lot of people assume the cognoscenti assumes the Chargers want to move on. I think there's also some people who assumed before this that Rivers might just, he and Eli go out together and call it a career because he doesn't want to play for anyone else. I could definitely see him moving back towards the southeast where he's from, where his kids are going to start high school in a couple of years, where he wants to coach. Uh, I think Tannehill has made the Titans probably an unlikely scenario, but the Carolina Panthers, who are said to be wanting to move on from from Cam Newton, he played college at NC State there, so that makes sense to me. I could see that, but I could also see the Chargers, even if their head coach is done with him, their GM saying, well, you want to put the franchise tag on him and see if anybody will trade it for him. I got one for you. What about Jake Brisket struggling down the stretch with the Colts 
putting Phil Rivers in Indy with Frank Reich and Very one last run. That I feel like that could work, right? Nice I'm, Midwestern town for his I, family. I hadn't like thought that. of that, but I like it. There's some juice there. and Good there, offensive line. There is some talk of, yeah, good offensive line. Obviously a great offensive uh, coach. Uh, they maybe give T.Y. Hilton some help there. They get healthy, obviously. They have Marlon Mack. Maybe spend, that's a good spend spot. Spent some time together, I believe, with the Chargers. Yes, they did. Yep. Mm. I would say this, too. Like you're, not this. Gonna get a, you're not going to get any quarterback – you know, heading into week 17, telling people when he's got to go start in five or six days, I'm done with football. I'm not there mentally. Like, no one, no athletes don't right, operate his, that way. His, the way he talked about it and sort of the typical Philip Rivers defiance, you could just tell he, he's playing. I mean, he, he said. Well, the Chargers aren't going to dictate when he retires. Let's right. put it that way. He, so. he said, like, there's a natural human nature. You're 38, you've thrown some bad interceptions for you to think about whether you can make these throws. And he said, none of that's true. I've made as many great throws this year, whether he's right or wrong. He believes that as I made earlier in my career, I've made some throws that are better than ever. And he, he is insulted by the suggestion <laughs> that he's done. And whether the chargers agree or not, I don't know. There's a weird situation. I think with, you know, Tyrod Taylor uh, is signed there next year. Anthony Lynn's been with them before. And so good luck with that chargers. Right, at least that they have someone where they could, it could open move up on. SoFi Stadium with Tyrod Taylor and You're a rookie rock. and a rookie maybe you draft someone. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see, Dad. What's going on? You're chewing that ice over there. It's very loud. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he's been waiting for our segment, which uh, we've done a lot of. It's it's our top 100 games of the 1970s from 1975 <laughs> to 1985. We're each going to do 20 each. Uh, take a two or three minutes for each game, Wes. Let's get it, get us going. Well, the holy roller, <laughs> Dad. I want your uh, thoughts if you could on Philip Rivers. We you were chewing the tape with wow. me a little bit today. Uh, we were watching Game Pass as well as I'm putting together the power ranks. Would you want Philip Rivers if you were the Colts or uh, a coach? that needed a little upgrade, or do you think he shot? No, I think Rivers still has it, and I think he would be a good addition to the Colts. Uh, the Colts, look, uh, if they had anybody, uh, if they had a better quarterback, I think they would have definitely had nine or ten wins this year. So, uh, you know, I think he would be a great addition. I think his time in San Diego was over. And should yeah. Adam Gase be back with the Jets? Uh, I don't know. Gase, I don't, I don't particularly like Gase. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you know, I'm a big Jet fan, as uh, you are, Dan, and... Yep. Uh, you know what? I I don't particularly like him, but I have to say, you know, they were one and seven, and now they're six and nine. So I'm I have to be pretty pleased. They haven't quit on him. They haven't quit, and he's got the he's got. It seems like he's got the team behind him, but I've also heard some rumblings uh, in the locker room about him not being so uh, popular with the team. But that happens with Big coaches. Tough guy, I believe, yep. was the report mm. in Bleacher Report that Greg Williams, the locker room respects, uh, but Gase a bit of an act. But you know what? That and also listen. feels like that could have come straight from Greg Williams's uh, camp and lawyers, and <laughs> or just Greg agents. Williams. Yeah, yeah you know. like he just called up. Uh, he did the conference call and said that. Um, uh, uh, you know what was just disclosed there? What? Keith has a guest pass to the lab, and Mark can't even get in the door. Oh yeah, well, oh, yeah. it's absurd. That's true. It's, you know, there's so many situations that are untoward here. So. Should we give? Uh, should we give? Popular access. Aaron Rodgers, um, Keith's boy, the final word tonight after after tonight's win. He said. It's great to win in the stadium after I was jeered a couple years ago, leaving the field with a broken collarbone. Yeah, he stuck it to him. Well, you know what? Just like Phil Rivers, these great old quarterbacks, you know, they, they use slights as motivation. And sure enough, that's what happened tonight in Minneapolis.
I mean, if I got if I got booed after breaking my collarbone, that would that would stick with me too. Yeah, better than getting cheered for a broken collarbone, right? <laughs> uh, all right, we will be back on Thursday with our week seventeen pre. Mark, you, you got to be feeling it right now. Week seventeen preview show coming up. I like checkpoints, and that is a checkpoint where we take twenty teams. Yes, and we're all in this giant clown car. Yep. We just sh- we open those back door of the yep. car, and we just shove twenty teams to the side of the highway, and we keep yep. rolling. I think of it as like <laughs> a catching way to them describe it. all like in, a, in like a tuna net, and then just like in a Superman way, three times around the head, and then fly them into the sun. <laughs> I like that. They're chance. gone. <laughs> 20 of them. Uh, anyway, so uh, check that out when it comes. Uh, again, tickets available at the Miami Improv dot com slash events. If you want to uh, check out our live show on the Thursday before the Super Bowl, um, that's going to be a lot of fun. And finally, uh, tomorrow is Christmas Eve, Christmas on Wednesday. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Greg, I believe Hanukkah is rolling now. I believe so. We are right in the thick. What's of going on? Because your family's Greg. in Japan. Or is the yeah, menorah we, out? Like, take us through. What's well, going we've on? we've never. Uh, we're not really uh, a religious household in any way. We, we've never celebrated Hanukkah. I mean, I didn't as a kid either. Uh, but we celebrated our Christmas before they left. Oh, very good. Rosenthal Christmas. My parents flew in, uh, and uh, we did that's that nice. early. New Year's is the big holiday in Tokyo, so that's really why. That's better there. put than Dan on the last show asking what the hook of Hanukkah was, as if it's not been around for <laughs> the candles are the hook. and it's rolling right now. <laughs> uh, and yes, I'm lucky enough to have my dad Keith here and my mom uh, celebrating it. So we're very fortunate. And uh, yes, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone. We will be back Thursday. Until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for. See, it's a different desk setup, so I gotta say, Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Keith hands us Clarkstown High class of 71. Yes. Yes! Uh, until Thursday! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Redwood Forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.